1: Yes, welcome once again to the... I I blanked out. Our podcast we've been doing for like five years, I just blanked out on what the name of our podcast was. I almost just said the Bon Jovi movie podcast.
2: Well, you know.
1: From now on, we're only podcasting about movies that Bon Jovi's music stars in or that he himself is in.
0: Okay.
1: I I mean, I think we can keep that going for a little bit. Um, But for the meantime... For the meantime, we are the thirty-something movie podcast. We have been, we are, and we will be the thirty-something movie podcast. Now that I remember what it what is, our, what it is, what it was, what it is, <laughs> what it, what it be. shall be, what it was. <laughs> Weather out there today is okay. Um, I, we could just turn Wonderful this into the. <laughs> sorry,
2: sorry, I couldn't
1: <laughs> help it. <sighs> bad man. Comfortable shoes. Okay, um, so we yep. are episode number two eighty two. <laughs> Get away from the river. This is not the Good Morning Vietnam, (laughs) but (laughs) Betty. All right.
2: Oh dear. Uh,
1: (laughs) Strike that. Reverse it. Okay. Uh, This is not the Good Morning Vietnam podcast. That was like three years ago. No. Um, But uh, I I just want to say, now that we're here, we're here for episode number two eighty two. It's Young Guns. We're obviously Mm going to talk a little bit of Bon Jovi as well. I just want to introduce this podcast Mm -hmm. to you. I want to make a promise to you as the listener. That will be here for you. These five words, <laughs> I swear to you. When you listen, we want to be on the air for you. We are the thirty-something movie podcast. Well, that's that's six words. We are the thirty-something podcast. That would be five. Okay. Now that I've said all that and badly quoted some Bon Jovi lyrics, uh, spoiler alert: we spoil things freely, especially the name of our podcast and Bon Jovi. Um, iTunes reviews, please leave us a five-star review. Let us know how we're doing. Uh, or leave us the review you think we deserve, whatever you want to do and visit our website, 30 podcast.com as usual. I've got Pat, I've got Bo with me guys. It's fun to be here. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Enjoy talking movies with you guys. And we've got, we've got another yes. one to talk about tonight. Young guns two. We just did young guns. What? Like a, a short year ago or so. It what certainly is?
2: seems recent.
1: Yeah. doesn't seem like it's been that long. So, uh, so we got young guns, young guns two this time around. Um, I don't think I had anything else in terms of news or anything like that, so I think if you guys are ready, we can just jump right on into it. Let's do it. right. Saddle Up Regulators. Uh, This one is Young Guns 2. It came out on the 1st of August 1990, rated PG-13, with a runtime of 1 hour and 44 minutes, directed by Jeff Murphy, who died in 2018. He also did The Quiet Earth and Under Siege 2. Uh, Producers on this one were Hmm. Paul Schiff and Irby Smith. Irby. I've never seen the first name Irby before.
2: That's Ah, that's Uh, a new one on me, too.
1: IRBY is the first name. Hmm. Okay. Anyway, well, uh, Schiff produced My Cousin Vinny and Made in Manhattan. Smith produced Major League and Stand By Me. Writers for this one was John Fusco. He did Hidalgo which actually we just watched that with the kids um, a couple weekends ago and, and we really liked that one. Uh, and then the original Young Guns. Cinematography by Dean Semler who also did Dances with Wolves and The Road Warrior. Music was done by Alan Silvestri who did Back to the Future, Predator and The Avengers. Budget was $10 million. Box offices was $44.1 million. The Critics' Rotten Tomatoes give it a 35%, Audience gives it a 66%, IMDB gives it a 65%, Letterboxd gives it a 60%, and CinemaScore gives it an A-. Emilio Estevez plays William H. Bonney, Billy the Kid. He was in The Breakfast Club, Repo Man, and Stakeout. Kiefer Sutherland was Doc Skurlock. He was in The Lost Boys, Flatliners, and A Few Good Men. Lou Diamond Phillips was Chavez y Chavez. He was in La Bamba, Courage Under Fire, and Longmire. Christian Slater was Arkansas' Dave Rudabaugh. You've heard of him, right? You've heard (laughs) of Arkansas, Dave, but no? Okay, well, maybe you will someday. He was in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, Heathers, and Pump Up the Volume. William Peterson was Pat Garrett. He was in Manhunter and To Live and Die in L.A. Alan Ruck was Henry French. He was in Ferris Bueller's Day Off and Speed. Balthazar Getty was Tom Foliard. He was in Lost Highway and Feast. R.D. Call was D.A. Reinerson. He was in Born on the Fourth of July and Last Man Standing. James Coburn, who died in 2002, was John Chisholm. He was in The Great Escape and The Magnificent Seven. Vigo Mortensen was John W. Poe. He was in The Lord of the Rings trilogy and Captain Fantastic. Bradley Whitford was Charles Phelan. He was in The West Wing, Get Out, and Scent of a Woman. Tracy Walter was Beaver Smith. He was in Batman, Conan, and Repo Man. Uh, those all kind of rhyme with each other. And then Jenny, Jenny Wright um, was Jane Greathouse, and, and what a house. Um, she was in Near Dark and The Lawnmower Man. Here is the trailer, and we'll be back in just a moment.
0: It is therefore considered by the court that William H. Bonney be hanged till he be dead, dead, dead. You can go to hell, hell, hell. <laughs> when I start, it's amigos. You're not dead. Do I look dead? <laughs> the entire country is reading about our territory every day in the journals. Should we give him a proper burial? And they're not reading about our growth towards statehood. I never stole a horse from someone I didn't like. Nah, you just kill him. What they are reading about is a 21-year-old delinquent. What scum? Who is making us look like imbeciles. Politicians, bankers, cattle kings. Scum. I got 18 dimes in each barrel, boy. You're starting to believe what they're writing about you, aren't you? Oh, Bob! You rode a 15-year-old boy straight into his grave. Goodbye, Bob! Best dollar eighty I ever spent. <laughs> and the rest of us, straight to hell. I don't take to Tenderfoots in my gang. It ain't your gang, Dave. That's how you a thief. $1,000, Mr. Garrett, to catch one. And all the resources you need to carry out the extermination. <laughs> Just playing the game, Doc. F one William H. Bonnie. Even their horses are crazy. We'll give them the game, Lauren. They're starting to surround us. We got to get out of here. Dave. <laughs> It's your gang. What? It ain't my gang. It's your gang. It's always been your gang. Emilio Estevez, Kiefer Sutherland, Lou Diamond Phillips, Christian Slater, Balthazar Getty, Alan Ruck, James Coburn, and William Peterson as Pat Garrett. You hoo I'll make you famous. Young Guns 2.
1: Our questions are adapted from Focus, the art and soul of cinema by Tony Watkins was published in 2007. Um, And before I go into our questions, uh, first question is usually how does this movie make you feel? I do want to back up just a second. There was uh, somebody on Twitter the other day had posted up from the uh, uh, retro cinema podcast. Um, She had posted up a tweet and asked people, if you're a podcaster, have you gone back lately and listened to your first episode and seen like how different it is from your podcast now? And so I actually went back and did that. I went back and I listened to, because I, no, I mentioned. Did you listen
2: to the first one or the first one where we had the audio figured out?
1: No, because the first one I can't listen to.
2: Okay. I was just wondering it's if you had so a bad. bootleg somewhere. <laughs> <Mm-mm.
1: laughs> nope. <laughs> I, I, I did what I could to try to save that. And it's just not, it's not even barely audible <laughs> at all. I, I, I did everything I could think of to try to fix that one. And it's just not. It's not there. It's gone and lost forever. Oh, my darling Clementine. Um, But uh, with Emilio Estevez being in The Breakfast Club, the first one I did go back and listen to because our episode one was we did the four movies we recorded in the restaurant and the the audio was not good. Episode two was me sitting in my car recording one about Star Trek three because it was right after Leonard Nimoy died. And then, um, episode number three was when we got together, we had breakfast in the library and Bo, your wife was there too. And we talked about 16 Mm -hmm. candles and the breakfast club. So, and and you know what? It really wasn't that bad you know, we've, we've, we've improved our, like our intro and our, you know, the audio quality of the recordings and things like that a little bit. And, and yeah. uh, we, we have a little, the host, the, the main host has a little bit more enthusiasm in his voice, but uh, other than that um, it actually wasn't too bad. So it was actually pretty kind of, kind of nice to go back and listen to it. Cool. But yeah. So I, when <laughs> I saw the breakfast club from Emilio Estevez, I just, I want to mention that real quick. Cause that was, it was kind of a fun little exercise and I, mm-hmm. I, I apparently at some point have to get exercise. So that's, Extent of what I did. There you go. There we go. Uh, all right. So, how does this movie make you feel? Young Guns 2, Young Gunner. Um, that doesn't work. Um, Die Harder, I guess, could be a, a tagline for this one, too. Um, how does this movie make you feel? Pat, you sounded excited have- about this one. How does this one make you feel?
3: Well, I can't, but were you going to jump in there? I don't want to no, go them. for it. No, go for it. I I, I feel happy. I enjoyed these movies. I. Um, I I like Young Guns. I love I love westerns, and it's sort of like, you know, I, I don't know. I enjoy westerns, and so I um, um wait, hang on. Could you guys hear me? Okay, my microphone was kind of at a weird angle. Was I okay there? Okay, sorry about that. Sorry about the uh, you know interruption of my rambling. This mm-hmm. makes me feel this makes me feel happy. I like westerns. I like action movies. These guys, you know, there's a lot of charisma on screen with um. Uh, Lou Diamond Phillips, um, uh, Emilio Estevez, you introduce Christian Slater, um, you know, you've got uh, uh, Jack Bauer, you know, all those guys are in there and it's it's just fun watching those guys on screen. And this one kind of has this this feel to it, I get this feeling of desperation when I watch it, where you know something bad is going to happen you know it's like you know it's 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 not going it's not going to end well and so the whole thing is the whole thing is kind of like one big chase but but you know it's it's just not going to end well um and uh I, I i but i can't stop watching it because it's like i know what's, i even though i know what's going to happen you know like titanic the ship sinks get over it you know what's going to happen but that being said um i you know, I I can't stop watching. I want them to be able to like figure it out, and they all make it. You know, they ride off into the sunset. You know, I, I I want to rewrite it in my head when I watch it. So, yeah, I I enjoy it. I like the actors. I like you know the story. I like the westernness of it. So yes, I like it, and it makes me feel happy.
2: I would say very similar. I mean, I I enjoy this movie. I look forward to watching it. I was not disappointed as sometimes you are in a sequel. Mm -hmm. I felt it continued the original story and stayed true to it. And like Pat said, it was a Western. It was fun. (laughs) Yeah.
3: Yeah. John. Well, I'm going to be the the counterpoint, (laughs) the counterpoint. You can't duck this one.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So when we watched young guns, I had never seen the original young guns. So when we did that one for the podcast, I, that was the first time I had seen that one. So, by default, this was also the first time I had seen this one, too. And oh, okay, I, I was excited for this one. Like, I when I watch Young Guns, I remember and I don't remember what I might have said for it for the podcast, but I from what I remember thinking I said was I enjoyed it. You know, there are other westerns that I like better, um, but it's still a western, and westerns are mm-hmm. fun, and these are all fun actors and and fun performances. And you know, it's kind of like a like if Tombstone was a little bit more of, a, of an MTV video, um. That's kind of how how I felt like about Young Guns. Mm -hmm. And I I think that's the purpose of Young Guns. I think that's what it was trying to be. So with this one, where I think I struggled a little bit with this one was I felt like in terms of the acting performances, it was the same. Like these were the same characters. You're coming back into comfortable territory. You know, you know these characters from the first movie. Um, That part was great. Emilio Estevez just carries this entire thing. Um, he was yeah. um, outstanding. I mean, I far and above everybody else. Um, I thought uh, William Peterson as Pat Garrett also great in this movie. Um, where I think it kind of fell apart for me a little bit was there were just there were several times throughout the movie that I found myself having to whether it was whether I was watching it on a bigger screen or watching it on my phone, I kept having to like skip back about a minute or so because there were parts of the movie that I'm watching and all of a sudden I go wait a minute why are we here like what what are we what i know we're on the run and i know there There was a lot
2: of traveling
1: right there was a lot of traveling so there were different bits and pieces where it just kind of i don't know the movie didn't seem to flow for me the way the first one did right so Mm -hmm. i I felt like there were some times where it felt a little bit disjointed um I'm going to sound I'm going to if anybody's listening to this episode back to back with our last week's episode on RoboCop 2, I'm going to sound like a broken record because I think in this movie there were a lot of missed opportunities. I think that to me, you did not use Kiefer Sutherland or Lou Diamond Phillips anywhere near enough. Um, They felt I felt like they had a lot less screen time. I felt like their personalities were so huge in the first movie. And it just, I don't know, they, they felt to me like they were relegated to, to background characters in this movie. And and maybe they weren't, but I just, that was kind of the perception. Once I finished the movie, in the back of my mind, I thought, wait a minute, were they even in this movie as much as they were the first one? Because it didn't feel like it. Like, if I had the time, I, I'd be curious to go back and actually see, you know, how many lines they had in this movie versus the last one, or how much they were on screen in this one versus the last one. And I know you had new characters to introduce and things like that, but, I mean, they were part of the the regulators, in the first one. So would you not include them at least just as much as you did in the first one and kind of continue? I don't know. It it just to me it felt like some of those some of those big personalities from the first movie that made the first one so great were very watered down in this one. So Mm -hmm. that was the part that that I didn't well and I was I'm just supposed to be telling you what I feel about this one. I'm I'm getting on into our next questions already. But um so I will say I will say for this one I felt a little bit disappointed. You know, I was a little felt a little let down by it. Um, not to say I didn't in, enjoy the movie. Like, I, entertaining. I kind of like I said last week for RoboCop 2, it's like entertaining. I can sit there and watch this and be entertained. But where it did start to fall apart for me is I just kind of felt like some of these characters that I really enjoyed so much in the first movie, they just were watered down versions of what they had been in that first movie. So that's that's what kind of got it for me. That's, you know, I, I enjoyed... Um, you know, I enjoyed Emilio Estevez, I enjoyed what I did get from Kiefer Sutherland, from Lou Diamond Phillips, from all these different characters. Um, I felt like the writing was great. Uh, you know, I, I yeah. But I think that was just it. I think it was the characters that I enjoyed from the first one. It didn't feel like they were fully back in the second one, and that I felt a little bit let down mm-hmm. with that. So so now that I've kinda of blended in like our first three questions all in one in my response, um, what did and didn't work for you guys? So, you know, you you both enjoyed this one. Um, maybe even thinking about it in relation to the first one. What is it about this movie that works as a standalone movie, as a sequel, and then maybe what, is there anything that doesn't work for you in this movie?
3: As, as a standalone movie, it's the being chased and knowing, you know, they're not going to get out of this. The desperation. You know, mm-hmm. it
1: it adds it's, this like... it's It's the last Jedi in the New Mexico desert?
3: Y- yeah, okay. sort of okay. like that. Yeah, sort of like that. But that ended with a message of hope in your main characters escaped <laughs> in the millennium. Mm-hmm. This didn't quite do it. Um, that worked for me. Um, I like old. I like links to the past. I, I like reading history. I like studying history. And, you know, it's kind of like you, you could see motorcycles out on the road right now that are designed like bikes from the 40s. You know, it goes by. It looks like a bike, you know boy, that Harley hasn't changed that much in this many years. It's, it's you know, there's so much of it it's so, so similar to those bikes, even dating back to, like, the 40s that they used to make. Ha, ha, ha. Then you go out somewhere, and you actually see a motorcycle like a Harley from the 1940s, and it's sitting there, and someone's just kept it going. It's still living. And it's like, that's awesome. That bike looks fantastic. That's great. Like, So in the opening scene when Billy the Kid comes wandering out of the desert, and the guy, all of a sudden, it dawns on him. Like, wait, you're you're Billy, the, you're Billy the kid, and it's like, okay, this isn't the guy that's like pretending. This isn't a guy that's dressing up. This is just he hung in there. He's a really old dude, and that, so I get excited when, even if it's not real life, even if it's movies, I'm like, wow, how would that be in 1950? And you get this guy wandering out of the old west, like almost out of a time machine. I I find that very exciting, you know. Or another reference is like let's say a band that you used to listen to, you haven't heard them in however many different musical time periods and styles we've gone through. And all of a sudden you're like, yeah, you remember those guys? Oh, they're still touring. Oh, they are. Oh my gosh. Like they're still around. That's fantastic. It's, it's just that kind of stuff I'm a big sucker for. And I really dug with the, uh, I dug that the movie did that. Um, And just how it, how it ended when, you know, he says, I never stole a horse from someone I didn't like. And his, and Pat Garrett's horse was gone. I'm like, that's cool. So, I mean, that's the stuff that worked for me. Um, the chemistry of the, of the, of the leads, I, I thought they – I mentioned the names before. You know, you got uh, Kiefer Sutherland and Lou Diamond Phillips and uh, Emilio Estevez. And then um, Christian Slater joined in the thing. He, he really brought it. Even the supporting, the two, the two guys, like the farmer guy and the young kid that joined the gang they were fun to watch Pat Garrett played an excellent conflicted bad guy that was chasing him, but really didn't want to chase him and all that. Um, So I'm just going into a laundry list, Bo, I'm going to let you speak. Um, The only thing I didn't like was kind of, why did Pat Garrett all of a sudden start chasing him down? Like they maybe needed to go through that a little bit more. So
2: Mm -hmm. I think you're, you're, you're dead on. Pat, and I think I'll work backwards. I'll start with the stuff that didn't really work for me, and and you're right with the the way they handled the the Pat Garrett thing. He flipped on a dime, and mm-hmm. I'm just not yeah sure it would have happened that fast. And I'm sure in real life it didn't. I have a hunch that meeting with the um, see the government. No, okay. Oh, I have a hunch that meeting. Happened more. We saw one time where he tried to convince him to do it. Realize it was probably twelve times. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. It was
2: yeah. every week for a month. The guy's like, you know, if you go hunt down Billy for me, you know, this, that, and the other thing. Because I don't see, I don't see any of these guys wanting to be a sheriff ever. I feel like they yeah. should have taken more convincing.
3: Yeah, or Billy doing something, you know, or, right. Or, at, or, you know, cause he wasn't, he wasn't like a, he wasn't like a really good lead. I mean, he was, he was kind of a psycho, you know, in some right. ways and have it be like, okay, you just went too far, you know, have him, be sure. an ex- have him be an extension of that. I just interrupted you. I'm sorry. No, both. no, 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 you, no an, you, you are putting it in better words than I could. It's well, exactly right. I don't know. There I don't know about no, that. To use, a, to use a, a, a
2: term from John's English classes, there was no inciting incident yeah. that made you believe that mm-hmm. Pat Garrett would make that choice that quickly.
3: Right. Have him be an extension of the Charlie Sheen character, but mm-hmm. just you know, from the first one who was trying to stop Billy. But yes. you know, have him be like, "That's it, you know what? You've gone too far. We yeah, gotta stop it, it, you." The
2: funny thing is, I think we've talked about it recently with some of these sequels missing a beat here or there. It would have made it that much better. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't have taken much. Mm-mm. Like what? What would Billy have had to do? He would have had to burn down one wrong building. Yeah, Billy burns down a church, and that's what sets Pat Garrett off.
3: Yeah, or or it maybe Pat much. maybe Pat Garrett's trying to bring him in, and as opposed to uh, having uh, uh, um, Strider be like his little uh, assistant, have Str- have have like um, you know who I'm talking about, right? Aragorn, have him be the one that's like, let's say he's doing more of the shooting. Let's say he's going after Billy, and and really show Pat Garrett is trying to calm him down. And then Billy getting mad at Pat Garrett because it's like, why are you shooting? Up? You know, but well, it wasn't me. It was the guy, you know, I mean mm-hmm. that I think they could have fleshed out a little bit more.
2: I would completely agree.
1: Agreed. So then
2: I'll start talking about all the stuff. I loved. Yeah. yeah just the, the Billy, the kid mystique is fun. The way they play that up. Yep. We just talked about how crazy he was. That was fun. Like it was, it took the, the tall tale of Billy, the kid and made it real life. Yeah. And I, I'm down with that. Like one of my, I love, um, I think it's the country singers, Billy Dean has a song. I miss Billy the kid. Yeah. And it totally idealizes the Billy the kid character, but it sums it up so well for me. Yeah. Like it was just a bigger than life character being bigger than life. And it was great. Yes. You know? Um, and you know, the fact that he disappears and then comes back and he wants a pardon and he finds Mm -hmm. this lawyer and you know, he's, he spends, he spent this whole movie telling this story to convince the lawyer who he really is. Like that's fun.
3: Yes. All all, all his, all his sidekicks,
2: you can all kiss my butt. (laughs) (laughs) When, when the, 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 the woman who runs the brothel only, it's not a brothel anymore because she's Mm -hmm. gone respectable, but then they burn it down. And she basically looks at it and says, boys, I'm out of here. And yep. the next time you see her, she says, I can't remember her exact line, but basically she says, oh, no, I'm back to running a plain old ordinary brothel this time.
3: Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Come
2: on. That shows a self-awareness that I appreciate. <laughs> so, yeah, I liked it a lot. And it's good old-fashioned up how do you go wrong? Yep. Blazing saddles with a message. hmm <laughs>
1: So is there of all, the? I mean, we've got some big name people in this movie. Um, Is there an acting performance out of all of them that you like best?
3: I, I, I had to jump right in there, but all of those guys just did such a bang up job with the characters, but Billy, the kid, how can you, I mean, what Emilio Estevez does with Billy, the kid, Mm -hmm. how can you, how can you look against that? And then I'd say the guy that played uh, Pat Garrett was, uh, was pretty fantastic as well. Yeah. No. Um, those were the two that really stood out in my mind.
2: I love, uh, the way Kiefer Sutherland plays Doc Scurlock. Yeah. He's, you know, he spends the the first third of the movie, I feel like I gotta go home. I got a family yeah. or whatever. And, and then he's like, oh hell, I love riding with the boys. I'm going,
0: mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm.
2: that's fun. Um, the way, the way he, uh, plays them when they're cooped up, when they're having, Having crap shoveled at him literally.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, that, mm-hmm. That's
2: good. Well, that's really good. And and I gotta love the the bumbling uh Henry French, our, our buddy Captain John Harriman himself. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. that that counterpoint to Billy's maniacal focus is yeah. is, is Henry French's just naivete. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I I love that one line. Yeah. I love that one line where he tries to give him a nickname, and he's like, "No, nah, I'm I'm just Henry." Yeah, yep, just yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't really want any part of that. I don't. I, I don't want to be. I don't want to be like you. Yeah,
2: because at now, that point he's realized
3: what he's got himself sucked into. Mm-hmm. And he was also he was also Cameron, right? Yep.
1: Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. I knew I. Yeah. Okay.
2: Oh yeah, he's he's had some great roles for sure.
1: At some point, I'd just love to see him in this movie ride his horse backwards to make sure that the. Odometer has the right numbers on it. Yeah. <laughs> I, for me, as I said earlier, I think it's got to be Emilio Estevez. I don't. I don't know if you can pick anybody else. If you want to talk about strongest acting performance in this movie, yeah. it's it's got to be him. Uh, the guy who played Pat Garrett. Same thing. You know. I think they were. I I wish there had just like you guys said before. I I kind of wish there had been more interaction with them on the front end to establish why, like why this why this yeah. intense rivalry and I mean I. I, I get certain points of it, but like you said, it, it just it, it your phrase turn on a dime" is perfect. It just it almost happened too fast, and I I think that was the first point in the movie where where I almost had to stop and and um, skip back a little bit, a couple minutes, because I was like, wait a minute, weren't these guys just like friends and partners a few minutes ago? Mm-hmm. Did, I, did I miss something here? <laughs> I think it was I think it was probably one of those times where that was the first point in the movie. Really, for me, was where I said, "Hold on, now, now you're trying to kill him." just a cotton
2: picking minute here
1: right (laughs) so but uh, no I I gotta go Emilio Estevez for that one Uh, do you have a favorite scene in the movie we take out the easy one and say that uh, when Jane is leaving on the horse at the end of the one scene you cannot choose that one (laughs) so we'll take that one out of the running
2: (laughs) yeah because that is the low hanging fruit
1: right as as it were (laughs) right yeah yeah. Uh, so we'll, we'll we'll bring we'll bring that part of the discussion to an end, um, and we'll have to say you can pick something other than that one. Okay. So
3: we're all agreed that's the best
1: scene. That's probably sure.
3: Anytime. I,
1: I don't think it should become the butt of any of our jokes. So.
2: Oh. Oh. their kids. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Anytime, Arkansas, Dave Rudabaugh says, "You ever heard of me?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime he says it, yeah. that's good
3: yeah yeah i like uh christian christian slater did a good job and especially playing off of emilio estevez like he kept wanting to be the leader of the gang and like just no <laughs> yeah and they and, and especially because he's like let's get out and they all don't follow him you know that was that was definitely a funny scene
1: i had <sighs> for me i the the scene that i kind of and had the most fun with was, and I forget what the name of the deputy was, but it was when the townspeople had come to the the brothel and they were going to run him out of town or they were going to lynch him or whatever, and and they send the deputy in, yeah, and then they make him switch hats and they put uh, they put mm-hmm. Chavez's uh, coat on him, and then they kick him out the front door. They like we're going to come out shooting, and then they kick him out the door and he gets blasted away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was yeah, one. right. You just see the looks on their faces when he comes in. He's like, well, uh, and you guys, I mean, you have an Indian in here with you. So I mm. could trade mm-hmm. him. for, And you can just see the looks on their faces like, wait, did you just say that? Mm-hmm. Mm. All right. Well, uh, plans have changed. I,
3: I and, and the scene where they shoot him and then they all go and look at him. That's such mm-hmm. an effective camera angle for people like looking over something on the ground. You know, where yeah. the heads kind of come in from all the different angles. Mm-hmm. But that's at, the deputy. <laughs> But it, ends a, it adds a certain comic level to it, the way yeah. they just the way they shot that scene. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'd say that was all good. Um, yeah, I, um, man, it was just, what would be? That was a good scene. You know, it's kind of funny where he shoots the, uh, the, the, the candelabra sideways, yeah. you know, when he takes out the three. I mean, you know, definitely a bit of Hollywood magic there, but uh, that was pretty cool. Yeah, I'm at a loss for, like, the one scene. Because to be honest, I mean, they're really like a series. There is no big final gunfight, right? I mean, mm-hmm. Pat Garrett gets him at the end, but it, I mean, or gets him at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was no big gunfight before that. And even that, it's like, you know, they they ambush him here. They ambush him here. But of anything, maybe the rescue, maybe where they rescue Doc and uh, Chavez, Back towards the middle part of the movie, okay, you know, just because that was like an actual big scene with everyone in it, and you know, a little bit of a gunfight and in the whole
1: thing. Well, I think it's going to be interesting to see as we go on. You know, we're in our first month, our first year of the '90s. What's going to be interesting to me is to see how westerns change over the course of the '90s. Now, some pieces will stay the same, but because I do feel like I do feel like with the original Young Guns. You have, even though that was what was that eighty eight? That might have been eighty eight. Yeah, that to me already starts to feel like a nineties western, just in, yes. in some of the ways that it treats the characters and the way it treats the the subject matter and and the 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 way it goes against some of the westerns that came before. Um, and so I'll be interested to see because I always think of when I look back on certain decades for some reason, maybe, maybe just is me. I look back on the nineties as being like almost the decade of the Western. Like the, some of the most classic modern Westerns, I think of, you know, dances with wolves and Wyatt Earp and unforgiven and tombstone. And, you know, you could just, you could go on and on with the Westerns that are in the nineties. And that's something when I look back at the nineties, that's one of the genres that I think of in particular, you know, I, I think of the last, 10 years we've had have been like the decade of the superhero movies. Um, mm-hmm. But I tend to think of at least the, the, the first half of the nineties, at least of being just chock full of some great Western movies. And so it'll, it'll yeah. be interesting to see how this one kind of kicks that off and gets us going for the next few years. And I'm, I'm sure we'll be looking back at this one as we, as we go on into the rest of our years throughout the nineties.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. All right. Do we have anything else we want to say before we jump into our three questions? No, I don't think so. Okay. All right, so three questions. He
3: asks each traveler five questions. Three questions.
1: Three questions.
3: It's
0: impossible to answer. It's impossible because you don't know the answer.
1: Nobody could answer that question.
0: I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. What you just said is one of the most insanely
3: idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point... In your rambling, incoherent response, were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought? Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award
1: you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. All right. Question number one. Uh, this may take a while. Um, I did get. I got uh, somebody on Twitter. Actually, it was Jason Colvin, our friend Jason from the Oklahoma contingent, uh, and also co-host of the Surely You Can't Be Serious uh, podcast. Uh, He responded to this one. He said, well, you asked. So I'm going to give you three different lists. Um, So question number one is, what is your favorite Bon Jovi song? So Bon Jovi heavily, heavily featured integral to the soundtrack of this movie, to the whole flavor of this movie. Um, So question number one is, what is your favorite Bon Jovi song? And um, I'll let you guys go and then I'll I'll read what Jason sent to us because he sent us about nine different songs. Wow. So he cheated two. He didn't just pick one.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> alright Bo what is it well I had two
2: um, one A Dead or Alive is All right. probably my favorite favorite
0: the place where the face is-
2: I will always turn up you give love a bad name
0: no. alright mm-hmm.
2: so that was, that was mine I tried to keep it simple yeah. I could have gone for more but I, I thought two would be, would be
3: good well I'd say for me living on a prayer
2: definitely gets me, me singing
3: yeah. yeah yeah and if i if i if i if i try to sing the chorus i'm definitely not halfway there i'll tell you that like to <laughs> try and get my voice into that correct range it no, that, that's, 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 that's a challenge that's that's a challenge um but uh yeah i would say that one's my favorite
1: i'm gonna be the sappy one and say that be the sappy I, one I, i'm gonna be the sappy one here and uh I, one of the things I, I would say about Bon Jovi is one I think one of the things that makes him great is he's one of those that and I don't want to be like, well, he's got a lot of guy songs, and I don't want to be like that, but um one of the things in particular i think is i mean there are there there are some there are some rock songs and and hard rock songs, some of them a little bit uh more rock and roll than others, but he's also got those those the qualities of you know as as a guy, if you want to be a guy, then it has the quality of songs where it's like, "Ah, I'm not embarrassed to listen to this one too. Like knowing it comes from the same guy, he can do the hard rock song. He can also do the sappy love song. And Mm -hmm. I think, I think he's kind of the, he's kind of the master of if you're a man and you have a significant other. And, and if you're, you know, back in the day when there used to be actual tapes, if you were going to make a mixtape for your significant other, I feel like Mm -hmm. Bon Jovi had to be featured at least once on each side. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like that's going to... I feel like his style of music is going to be able to bridge some different gaps depending on what style of music your significant other appreciates. Right. So that being said, I I kind of... I I did what Bo did too. I I think I started with a... Did you start with a list? Is that what you said, Bo?
2: Yeah. I was... Yeah. yeah, It was quite the process.
1: Yeah. Mm. So I started with a list. I, I... Off the top of my head, I wrote down... I think I did seven songs that I wrote down. Yeah. I wrote down to seven songs off the top of my head. And what I did was this time around, I, cause I had to do a little bit of uh, driving back and forth between some different places in the last few days. Um, I put all seven songs in a playlist and I just kept playing that playlist and I'd play it through several times. And then I got to a point where I said, okay, now this time I'm going to play through the playlist. And when I get to the one song I'd be willing to eliminate from this playlist, I'm going to take it off. So I listened through the playlist. I took off one song. So now there's only six songs. I listen through it. I take off one. And then I kept going and going and going until I was down to my final two. And that's what I ended up going with. So the one I ended up going with is it's going to be one of the sappy love songs. Um, I ended up going with, <clears throat> I ended up I'm getting all choked up now too. Um, I ended up going with always.
0: see, I've always been a fighter. But without you, I give up. I can't sing a love song like the way it's meant to be, well I guess I'm not that
1: That, that was probably, and, and I still love, that's not to say I, I don't love living on a prayer. Um, I do. Living on a prayer, blaze of glory. Um, in fact, those were my, you know, those are kind of my other ones that were so close in the running for it. And I'm just like, you know what? I not to, it's, it's not to discredit anybody's choices, but I'm, I'm looking at it. I'm going, you know what? Everybody loves living on a prayer. Um, mm-hmm. Everybody loves you. You give love a bad name. I want to pick one that I, I think not a whole lot of people may necessarily look at that and go, that's my favorite Bon Jovi song. And I also thought about, you know, over the years that I've had Bon Jovi on my MP3 players and CDs and tapes and other, what songs have I played endlessly and always has, for lack of a better term, always been one of the ones that's gotten pretty heavy rotation. So, so that one's mine. I went mm-hmm. with always. So Jason Colvin, at Colvin 24 um, co-host of the Surely You Can't Be Serious podcast, he said, well, you asked. So I'm going to give you my top three. And then he gave me a top three off the beaten track. And then he gave me a top three best off of the Young Guns soundtrack. There you go. So, uh, so top three he gave me were Living on a Prayer was his number one. Uh, it's My Life was number two. And number three was Never Say Goodbye. Okay. His off the beaten track, number one was Stick to Your Guns, which is also another really good one. Uh, Number two, Silent Night. And number three, Captain Crash and the Beauty Queen from Mars. There you go. And you know what? I I knew that song. I had not heard it in years and years and years, Um, and I could not place the tune, and then once I started listening to it again, I'm like, nope, yep, I know this one. That's a a solid pick. Uh, And then his best off the Young Guns soundtrack was Blaze of Glory, Miracle, and Never Say Die. Okay. So... All right. Question number two: Billy the Kid has a distinctive laugh in these Young Guns movies. What other movie or TV character has your favorite laugh? And we actually got a lot of feedback on Twitter from this one. We had uh, about three or four people, I think. Give us some. Give us some thoughts on this one. Hmm. So, what have you guys got? Uh, mine. Mine came easily. I knew exactly what mine was.
2: So I'm going to use a, a character I used in, in last week's podcast, Axel Foley. Eddie Murphy yeah. from the Beverly Hills Cop movies yeah. has a very distinctive,
0: mm-hmm.
2: just especially when he's you know when he's when he's enjoying his own humor. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I, I think in general I'd say Eddie Murphy, but he definitely has an Axel Foley laugh that mm-hmm. just puts a little more spin on it that I yeah I can't help but enjoy.
1: That's what somebody that responded on Twitter also said Eddie Murphy, and I I responded by saying that I always love Eddie Murphy's laugh because it seems so genuine, like it doesn't seem like. Yep. You have some people that have a distinctive laugh and you can tell they made up that laugh for that character. Mm-hmm. But I feel like mm-hmm. Eddie Murphy's mm-hmm. laugh is always Eddie Murphy's laugh. Like, I'm not sure you can fake that laugh. Maybe you can, but yeah, I, all right, uh, bo- man, all right, Pat, you know, laugh, laugh it up. Fuzzball. Who you got? Uh, yeah.
3: I, I don't know because it's like, I mean, I don't know. You know what? I, this is a really, this question, Presents a little bit of a of an interest thing for me. I've never really considered people's laughs before. Mm. Like you mentioned, Eddie Murphy. Oh yeah, he has a great laugh. Like I'm racking my brains now. Who? Like I'm trying to think of all the laughs that I heard. I I might just have to get back to you on this question.
1: Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, no, no worries. That's a tough one. So mine, I my follow up, yeah. my uh, my runner up was Chewbacca. I like his okay. little, just he's like, his, the, I'm not even be able to do it. That just kind of like little chuckle that he does when he does the, you know, when Han Solo says, <laughs> "Laugh it up, fuzzball." Yep. Who's scruffy looking? Um, that was my runner-up. My first one is, and and I I've loved this movie since I was a kid. I, I had to go with uh, Tom Hulse in Amadeus. Oh, very nice. Just that, it's the most ridiculous laugh, but it's that's got to be my favorite one. Uh, oh. Nora's Nora's response was immediately Woody Woodpecker. Okay. Oh, yeah. Sure. So that was that was hers. So from the uh, from the Twitter crowd, we have uh, Tristan Martin, who is at Tristan Martin on Twitter, said, "I have two uh, Heath Ledger as Joker in The Dark Knight and Eddie Murphy in anything." Uh, huh, Jason huh. Jason Colvin at jcolvin twenty four said, "Number one Muttley, uh, number two Jack Nicholson's Joker, and number three yes nel- yes, yep. and number three Nelson Muntz from The Simpsons." Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then we had a gonna dj gonna go yeah then we had a dj crasher at crasher 1969 said michael jackson in thriller um i'm guessing he means the vincent price laugh at the very end of it because mm-hmm. I, I couldn't think of another time that michael jackson laughs in the music video yeah. but yeah I, so I'm, right. I'm assuming that's i'm assuming that's what he means by that one but yeah all right, final question question number three if you were a character in an action movie and you had to go out in a blaze of glory, how would you want to go? Are we doing a, a butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid kind of thing or or how you hey
2: yeah, probably
3: <laughs> well, I'll just be generic and say i'll I i do not care what as long as I take a bunch of them with me you know okay. i'm I'll just say that because i i don't uh i don't know I don't know how i would uh you know what blaze of glory I would go go out in mm-hmm it's a hard one. These yeah. questions are uh, are a challenge for me, John. I got to yeah. be honest with you. I'm, stra- I,
1: well, I'm dropping to, I, the ball. Try not to make them too easy.
3: Well, it's it's good. It's a challenge. Yeah. It's a ch- I like a challenge, but
1: I don't want it to be prolonged or painful at all. Um, mm-hmm. So so the more of like a, a flash of light and it can just be done, the better for me. Okay. Um, so I two of my examples are from Star Wars. My runner-up example is Rogue One. At the end of Rogue One, when okay. mission has been yeah. accomplished and they just get wiped out by that, that shockwave. Um, but I think, and, uh, and I know, you know, for some people, this is, uh, this movie is a bone of contention, but I think I kind of got to go with, um, got to go with Admiral Haldo from the last Jedi, you know, when she jumps Mm -hmm. to light speed and just tears through the entire first order fleet. Yep. 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 That's that, that would be a good one. Either that, or that poor A-wing fighter pilot that flies right into the uh, bridge window <laughs> of the of the Superstar mm-hmm. Destroyer. Yeah, any one that of those, as long cool. as it's not prolonged and painful, I'm I'm good. Right, right. All right. Well, uh, very quickly before we do sign off here, I, I did ac- uh, accidentally skip over the rating uh, scale once again. So uh, let's do out of out of five. Hmm. What are we gonna do this time? Uh five six shooters. Mm-hmm. Uh five oh five crazy horses. Even their horses okay. are crazy. Even their horses are crazy. Uh out of five crazy horses, how many would you give this movie? And I gotta say just I mean, and and, and you guys, you do you do whatever numbers you can do. I enjoyed this movie. I am gonna give it a two and a half just because of some of the other problems mm-hmm. I had with it. But that's not to say I didn't enjoy the movie, did. didn't have fun with it, but I think I gotta give I gotta give it a two and a half.
3: Got it. I'm probably, you know, it'd be easy for me to say five, but I'm I'm trying to be like a little bit more objective about stuff. I'd say four and a half. The only thing that was lacking in it for me was just a little bit more explanation of that. Why Pat Garrett turned so quick.
2: Okay. I give it a solid four. It was fun. I enjoyed it. Not in the habit of throwing around uh, five. So I think, mm-hmm. uh, you
1: know, there it is
2: a solid four.
1: You can tell we all work in the field of education. It's like I've heard other people mm-hmm. like when they give reviews and things like this, they're like, oh, it's totally a five out of five. Whereas I'm sitting there going, well, no, objectively, see a, um, a five yeah, out of five, yeah, yes. means that it is perfect in every way. So uh, if it's above <laughs> average, I should be giving it a four out of five. If it, yeah. <laughs> nice.
2: But but the question is, did everyone succeed? <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. that, that's true. That's going to do it for Young Guns too. Thank you for joining us once again. Uh, thank you, gentlemen, for for being here with us. Always have fun talking movies with you guys. Yeah, thank John, you,
2: John, thank for getting us together, and setting it all up.
1: Always, yeah, man. Always. Thank you very and much. We're uh, we've got some other fun ones coming down the pike here, and not too long. Um, yes, we do. What one more that I and and I rewatched it recently, and I think I oh. still love it. Uh, Predator two, um, coming up oh, soon. Oh yeah, that one. Watched it again. Way too young as a kid yeah Um, in fact when I was rewatching it this time the one line I remember from that movie and I cannot repeat the entire line it got turned into it was one of those movies I mentioned in one of our last episodes I think the Robocop one that we had Mm -hmm. these movies we'd watch if we'd have like sleepover parties at a friend's house and Mm -hmm. we must have watched Predator 2 I don't know how many times of course of course so whenever something unexplained would happen like if we couldn't explain why something happened on the playground at school or if we couldn't explain why we messed up on that quiz or that test or whatever what our phrase with their group of friends the phrase we would always end up using was well how did that happen how did that we just look at each other and just go voodoo magic man voodoo magic (laughs) 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 yes there's another word in there too but i'm not going to repeat that right yeah All right, so uh, on down the line. So here, here's a bit of a, a dichotomy between this month and next month. Uh, we got Predator 2 coming, and then after that, Pretty Woman. Um, ah. not, not related to each other in any way whatsoever. Um, no, no spinal columns being removed in the uh, Richard Gere and Julia Roberts movie. Uh, then we've got Ghost, We've got Wild at Heart, and then Mermaids. That's our Love is in the Air month for February. And then March, we jump into Planes and Automobiles. So basically, this is the Pat Loves Everything month um yes yeah so march is march is pat's month where we do air america memphis bell days of thunder and cadillac man oh my gosh days of thunder i'm dropping the hammer (laughs) i can't wait for air america
2: I love. oh
1: i know i gotta say the fun thing about that month for me is the only one of those i've seen is cadillac man
2: oh you haven't seen air i don't even know what to say
1: I have not I haven't wow. seen Air America. I have not seen Memphis Bell. I have not seen Days of Thunder.
2: Oh, you're going to love You haven't love all
1: seen of those. Memphis Bell? Oh my not. goodness. Nope. Wow. So, Days I of looked, Thunder? Like you're I'll, from
2: You know, but, I am kind of interested but, to hear what someone who's never seen Days of Thunder thinks of it. That'll be very I, interesting.
3: Oh my gosh, is that going to be interesting? Mm-hmm.
1: I'm looking forward to it.
3: But but you're you're from Texas. You're from yeah. the South. Uh-huh. How did you not watch Days of Thunder? Yeah, that's,
1: I don't know. I apparently oh. I was apparently I was watching Predator Two too much.
3: Apparently, well, that's an impossibility. We all know. This
1: is true. True.
3: You can't watch Predator Two mm-hmm. too much.
1: Well, and and the other thing too is round about the time that some of these movies would have been coming out is also round about the time that we would have been moving to England. So it's always possible okay. that with the with the difference in when movies were released because something like Days of Thunder probably would have been something my dad would have wanted to go see in the theater but mm-hmm. maybe with that move and with how you know thing it used to be that movies were delayed almost like 4 months from the US to the UK so it's possible right. that maybe just somehow that didn't line up or maybe Days of Thunder wasn't as popular in the UK as it was in the US I, I don't know and that's, that's, that's that to me well seems me. like I'm I'm I am surprised that's one I've never seen mm-hmm. so but we will uh, as, uh, as William Wallace says in Braveheart we shall have to remedy that mm-hmm. alright well thank you gentlemen and uh, we'll be back here next time for Predator 2 followed by our Love is in the Air month of Pretty Woman, Ghost, Wild at Heart and Mermaids so until All next right. time be excellent to each other go out in a blaze of glory and go watch some good movies yeah.